Oh, there it goes. Everybody look up and watch out. It's Keep Up with Sylvan Singh. I'm here with the rest of the Keep Up crew. Let's get into some shout-outs. Watch out for family. It's time for shout-outs. All right. We have Charles Kirkendall, Mr. Beloved R&B House. Wow. <laughs> so many titles. We will get into that. What is your shout-out this week, brother? Uh, always, if I want to shout somebody out, I got to shout out my, my beautiful wife. Um, you know, all the successes that we hopefully talk about in a little bit and the failures along the way. Um, I, I put it to her. I'm in a really good space and then she's a large part of that. And then secondarily, want to shout out to Paul University. If I didn't go to the Paul, I don't meet you. I probably don't meet my that's wife. So, that's true. Um, that's and true. you said my last name right, which means you know me for a long time. That's so right. German. Let's, <laughs> let's live a life. Let's do this. Good. And, hey, hey, I, I don't mean to put too much of your government out there, but I'm the third. I, I appreciate that you, you got the junior out there, man. Yes, yes, yeah, And he's got New York blood in him. I want to shout out. <laughs> not my wife. I can shout her out like this. Shereen. <laughs> from the BX. Yeah. One, one, one important thing we made sure that, uh, CJ was born in New York City. I, I love New York. So we, he was born in New York. Then we, then we pulled him out maybe two weeks old to San Francisco. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's a Cali kid now. Good, whatever. Oh, California is a great state. I love Cali. I, I wanted to move there before too. I'm not like in a rush anymore. I got a lot <laughs> right now in New York, but it's okay. One day maybe that'll happen. Miss Killer? The water's boiling. Hello! <laughs> what happened? All right, here we go. This is the viral news section. Welcome, Charles. Thank you very much. It's a little dreary. Oh, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to shout out Ernesto. Ernesto got me this sweater. It's so weird. I hung out with him. Like, wow. I know, I know. I've not heard that in a long time. I know, I know. I didn't hang out with him for a long time either. And then, you know, we, we rekindled the friendship. And we went to PA recently. And uh, he, yeah, we had a great time. It was a great time. We went on, like, a nature trail and all that, a hike. Oh, nice. And then recently he asked me what my size hoodie was. Like, he was, like, all hyped that Brooklyn's a winning. Shout out to you, by the way, season, you former season. You know, you know, you know how I'm feeling. Yeah, right that's right. Hey, yo, and you were, yo, you've been for a while, too. Been a while, while, man. We deserve this championship we're going to win this year because I've definitely been there from the, from the worst. You got you to gotta duck out, though, man. LeBron sprayed his ankle. You got to, like, watch for your life out there, man. Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, people are angry. People are angry. People are angry. All good. I still expect to see them in the finals, even with Anthony Davis down and LeBron. I just don't see LeBron, like, accepting that, to be honest. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So I'm going to give one more clap so that I can segue this, uh, what happened. All right, what happened? So the Atlanta shooting. Uh, a lot of Asian hate has been happening, uh, to be honest, everywhere. It's not just the media. Uh, a lot of friends and people that have been on social media. So the Atlanta shooting, let's get into that real quick. Let's give uh, some detail to that. On March 16th, a series of mass shootings happened in Atlanta, Georgia. Eight people were killed, six, six of whom were Asian, and they were at a massage parlor. And the person admitted later that he had a, um, a fetish for that kind of person. And uh, aside from that, aside from that, a lot, like I said, grandmothers, people of elders' descent, friends, families. One of my friends. She was just on the show a couple weeks ago. Uh, Sammy, shout out to Sammy. Mm-hmm. 
uh, she put up a clip of King of the Hill, and it was about um, the Laotian neighbor. And I didn't even know they were from Laos. I didn't even know that. And he was, like, explaining that he wasn't Vietnamese, he wasn't Japanese. There was a lot of xenophobia going on in that conversation. And uh, I was embarrassed myself, and I reached out to her, and I was like, yo, thank you for showing me that, because I was a huge fan of that show. And I totally didn't realize that she – I'm embarrassed for myself. I was embarrassed for myself. And she didn't answer, which I, I'm not going to lie. I felt the kind of way for, like, a couple of minutes. And then she put up a post recently, and she goes, hey, sorry that I haven't put up any posts recently. I don't mean to be somber, but um, I'm really hurt. I'm really hurt right now. Like, uh, there's, just, there's just a lot of negativity within my culture and within my race, and I just don't know how to process it right now. So it's hard for me to reply. How do you feel about that? I mean, do you have any colleagues out there in the L.A. area that are affected by this? Yeah, I mean, colleagues, friends, I think anybody with a pulse should be affected by this. Um, it's, just, it's just a sick world that we live in. I think that, you know, oftentimes the the level of hatred that people have and the way that they go about sharing that hatred is is extremely problematic and it's sad and it's angering. Um, and, you know, it doesn't take a black person or another marginalized community to understand that this is wrong, it's egregious, and it shouldn't happen. Like, if you have a pulse, you should know that this is not okay. Um, and we need to do a better job of not, you know, keeping each other safe, honestly. And, you know, uh, I don't know what to do with these bad apples that exist. You know what I'm saying? It's been going on for a very long time. People um, acting out in these type of ridiculous, sad ways. But, you know, as often as we can protect each other, like, we got to do that. And, yeah, it's just, it's, just, it's horrible all around, but, you know, it's, you know, the, your people in that community, I look at 2020 and when I was down and the Mr. George Floyd, like people restyled and lifted me up. I think we should do the same and not expect a response or just let, you know what I mean? Just let people know that you care about that. You probably will be affected by that. You're thinking about them and that you're with them. Um, and at that point, that's all you can do. And again, as often as you can be. Um, be the change that, that you want to see and that you're approaching and respecting all people, you know, equally, right way, the same way. Um, in that regard, you know, you, you're doing the best that you can. So, yeah, this is just tough. It's really tough. Perfectly said. Perfectly said. I don't know if you're into real world at all, but they just premiered their reunion of New York recently. And Eric. I saw something like that. Yeah. Good. Um, Eric, which they dubbed, which that's where they got the angry black man on television from reality TV. Um, he, and it's, it's crazy. So I, I'm a huge real world fan. Way yeah. huge to be honest. It's kind of, <laughs> I've seen all the episodes, even from Pedro, Puck, Everything, New York. Wow, you dropping some names. Yeah, Mel B. Yeah, Mel B's <laughs> out there right now. Missy Elliott, you deserve. You should send some checks to her because you definitely smoke it <laughs> But anyway, um, fantastic. I really like it. But Eric, what's really fascinating about Eric is he was talking about uh, Rodney King and he was correlating it with uh, with George Floyd, and he's just saying like, oh, it's just it's just different battles now. It's the same. It's the same fight, but just different battles. And I was, mm-hmm. and I was just like taking it back a little bit, even though like I was aware of what he was talking about. It's still, it's still, it's still weird to hear from someone mm-hmm. thirty years later to still be going. Excuse me. Bless you. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. But whatever. We'll we will move on from that. Eric. Yeah. Shout out to Eric. I love him, man. Uh, yeah. Even when I tried out for Real World, as a matter of fact, I tried out for Real World while we were in college. Um, I almost made it to Austin. Uh, I went down to Kansas City for the second round, and they told me I was too young. But um, oh wow, well, that would have been crazy. I yeah, mean, they, they were like, they were like, um, they were like, yo, you're great, but like, you're too young. Like, we need to bring you guys to bars and stuff, and it's easier to get the girls in. Yeah, 
forgot. Yeah. I don't know how they do it now, but um, I, I'm still a fan, so whatever. They, they didn't need to put me on the show. Uh, yeah, so shout-out to our Asian colleagues out there. I really hope this ceases for anybody. Absolutely. Yeah. For all cultures, Charles is correct. It doesn't take anybody's shade of color to realize this is wrong. Um, this is pretty short. This is Iceland Volcano. Pretty cool. If you guys want to look that up one day, Google that up. Um, it, it wasn't active for a very long time, for many years. I'm trying to click into it to give you exact years. Let's do that. Okay. Wow. These iPhones. Never mind. So uh, near the Oslo area, Rizovic, um, there has been, and so a lot of people go there, the Blue Lagoon, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so much, so much a gold list. Yes, good, yes, Charles. And I, oh, you know what? I, I'm very lucky that I, my guests are fantastic, and they love to travel. And you're definitely, yeah. man, definitely one of them. What are, now that you mention that, what are your, what is one of favorite places that you've been, and what is your top list place that you want to travel next out of the country? When this is well. Well, one of the places I wanted to travel, I'm not going, is Iceland with this volcano. I can tell you that much. <laughs> we could, we could it's start there. It's a color for anybody to be like, I'm going to be a volcano. <laughs> I'm going to be a hard pass on that. But some places that I've been that I really love, like Dubai, out of this world, man. Like, I can't tell you how much fun I had in Dubai. Um, I love Santorini, Greece, but, you know, you got to you gotta go there and catch a vibe. Like, well, you they need, to, you need you know, whoever, whoever you love, you need to be with a loved one. You, you know, you can't go to you can't go there with your mama. You gotta go with nope. somebody that you, nope. that you, that you love, nope. you know. Nope. Um and so to that end, those are places that I've enjoyed. Um I would go South Africa as well. I wanna get back there. So that's another place that I wanna go. My wife has never been. I told her about when in college, told her about the safaris and you know, like Cape Go like it's so many South Africa's crazy. I really want her to get back and go to Africa for the first time and experience like her roots and those sorts of things. So um Yes, that's just on my to-go list. Really, Iceland was, but not anymore. So the yeah, volcano right. blowing up. You you slipped off the list, man. You lose on the lose down. <laughs> so yeah, that was six thousand years ago that this volcano erupted, and then six thousand years later, you just you just scared off me and Charles. Sorry, <laughs> no blue lagoon for you, not for us to be honest. All right, so Brighton trips up. Upstairs. So the reason why this is really funny, and it's really not that funny to laugh at Septuagint um, falling up and down the stairs, these geriatrics. I mean, that's really not our fault, though, that you gave us two options that are just really, really old. But um, what makes it very ironic is that he made fun of Trump during the election that he was going down this flight of steps and he, like, almost fell and, like, he held on with two hands. And don't get me wrong, I do not like the small handemic. I'm not a fan of it at all. Uh, but um, Trump won this one. He definitely kept his balance on that one. I don't know how. I don't know why. He's like he's got like the despicable me, like crouching um, posture. And Biden mm. not only tripped once, not twice. Three. Yeah, it was the third one for me. It was the Ooh. third one for me. I yeah. I literally now, you know Charles. give me some now. And, and watching the video, like it just progressively got worse. <laughs> and, uh, 
you know, I respect that seat that he's in, but, you know, it, it got bad the third one. Like, the first one, I was, it was a giggle. second one was a like, whoa, whoa. And I was like, oh, man. I catch a break. Um, and so, you know, shout out to the president. Uh, I think he'll move a little bit slower. He was definitely trying to run. And I, listen, everybody says I ran and tried, you know, tried to get where I'm going pretty fast. And, you know, he has some years on him. So next time he can just move a little bit slower. It's true, man. It's true, man. No, yeah, you have a you have a very athletic build too, man. So, and I've seen you run up steps. Actually, I saw you. There's like a there's like a hike over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Culver City stairs. stairs. Yeah, and Bibbs does that too. Bibbs, uh, shout out to him. He just had his uh, daughter Denver. Good for him. Yes, my uh, boy. He goes up these insane steps too, man. I, I don't know how you gotta do it, man. That's crazy. That's amazing. I, I gotta try it, but I, you guys make me sweat while I'm watching it. To be honest. <laughs> So, yeah, there's a lot of memes and gifts about Mr. Biden um, going up the steps, whatever way you think that he's doing his president. One, one shout-out to, yeah, to, to Biden is, you know, while he does trip up the stairs, like the the, the way that he's connected with culture with Money Bag Joe, um, I literally, the memes have me in tears when they put his face yeah, on Money Bag Joe. I literally cry laughing. So, you know what? You know, news is, you know, cyclical here. The fall will be up there for a while, but as long as you keep the money bag, Joe Monica, it'll be all right. Word. Just don't mess it up. That's what I want. You know, I, I really did not like him as a person. When he did it, I was just like, just don't mess this up, man. Obama took a long time to get the economy running. Just don't don't fumble the ball. Don't mess it up. Don't fumble the ball. That's all you got to do, man. Just ball control, man. Just give us a nice little, little fade pass here and there. He didn't, he didn't do that. So Biden so far. If that's the worst that's happening, I'm okay with it. I'm all right with that. Keep laughing at the gift. All right, so border control, uh, we mentioned in the pre-meeting, there are a bunch of migrants, mostly children, just like it's been happening for a while, to be honest. Since the Clinton administration, we have had a flood of of migrants from the southern border come in, and it's been a problem. uh, And so then DACA formed. We had the 11 million people that we are trying to naturalize. Biden is trying to seize that um, from that executive order from Obama from before. That kind of froze during the Trump administration, so now that's coming back again. But from aside from that, there is a new wave of them, and they were going through, like, water, through river, not river. They, I saw them go through a river. And so now the administration, the Homeland Security, um, the newly, um, your, your uh, former prosecutor, your former attorney general, I don't know how to say his name, actually, so I'm not going to say it. <laughs> but he just got confirmed. And so he was in Mallorca. Mallorca was defending the administration, too, and saying that they are trying to get more judges for the children. They're not going to try to put them in cages. That was a big deal during the Trump administration. And they're going to send back the, the adults. They're going to send back, which is really sad, which is really sad. I am on their side, by the way. It must be really rough if you're just going to put your child, your father, if you're just like, it must be really bad somewhere if you are just willing to let go of your child into the abyss and just be like, it must be better out there than it is even with me, even beside me, your parent, your guardian. It must be safer out of my grasp. So I, I just think it's a really bad idea. How do you, how do you feel about this, uh, this border crisis and what they're doing down there? And do you see? Yeah, I don't have too much context on it, but just even the, the notes that you mentioned, you know, when you have to make calls like that as a parent, those are calls you wish you never have to make. Um, and yeah, goal of parent, parenting is to 
protect your young. So, you know, again, I don't, I don't want to speak too much into it because I haven't done the appropriate reading, but just even the scenario that you mentioned, if that's what's happened down there, that's, that's sad. And that's very unfortunate. No, way, no worries. Let's end on some LA news. Elgin, ba- Elgin Baylor, the former Laker RIP, you are in the LA area. How is that affecting the area right now? Yeah, man. Well, I'm looking outside, you know, the houses, you know, I can't see, but I, I definitely think this is, you know, somebody of his caliber of talent is, is one that hurts, you know. Um, I think about when, when, when Kobe passed last year, was it last year? Year before last, wow, time flies. Um, I believe last year and this, like the city, because it was pre, you know, COVID shutting down, like right around that time, but you could feel the city. Like it was, it was, a, it was, it was weird to be outside. Like it was a silence over the city. Um, and I, I guess that's the closest thing I could equate it to, not to say that, you know, it'll be the same right now for Elgin, but he's somebody who was loved. He was beloved. He was somebody that was respected, somebody who made such impact on the game. And again, when you think about diversity and, having more pathways for players of color, like, you know, he being one of those leaders and, again, being super talented, Lakers and Clippers. So, um, you know, it's sad. Laker Nation, I know, is it's sad. Um, I definitely wish the best for his family and things of that nature. Um, just as always, just a reminder that, you know, everybody, you know, has an end date and tomorrow's not promised. You just got to live life to the fullest. And he had an incredible life and, and got up there a little bit. So um, it's best to him and his family. True, man. On a positive note, he was on the Jerry West and Wilt Chamberlain days, and he was, and like Charles said, uh, his Clipper legacy is one of the only African American executives in the NBA. So, shout out. He's a facts. Go ahead, man. Save your facts. <laughs> Here we go. Let's get into some music. What did I hear? Right. So, Silk Sonic, we're going to hit the heart right now with Charles. Charles is a big R&B fan. As a matter of fact, he's into gospel. He's into a bunch of stuff. I love That's him. That's a fact. You got me into Pat Morton. You got me into mm. actually. Uh, and I really appreciate it. I love looking for new music. And yeah. Good, man. Hell yeah. I don't know if you got me into Bruno Mars, though. I know you were onto Bruno Mars early. But <laughs> I know, I, I, again, I watch your stories. You have a really awesome story. Um, beloved 1906, if he allows you to watch his stories. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so yeah, Bruno Mars, you went to Washington, D.C. How was that? Yeah, so that was really cool. Um, my wife was probably like seven, eight months pregnant, and you know he was doing a Vegas residency. So when he dropped his his, his latest album, Twenty Four Carat Magic, um, he didn't go on tour for literally like eighteen months after the album dropped, which was crazy because it was like the album was so big, so they were like selling tickets, and you had to wait like a year in order to go. So he was doing a Vegas residency. Um, immediately after the album drop, and that's when you want to go hear the music right when it's fresh. Mm-hmm. And then he did one in DC, just like two dates. Um, and so we came down. I think we took the bus down, and we flew down, went to the concert, and like took the bus back, like something wild. And my wife was like seven months pregnant. She was like, "Charles, this is stupid. I don't know what you think. Like, this is not. I understand you care, but we love this album." Um, we went. And it was, he put on a show of the ages. I still don't think my wife forgives me for making her do that because she didn't care. She was pregnant, you know, she wasn't all of she did, You know, she was like, it was okay, but was it worth it all that she okay. did? But it was, bro, for, for his tour, you know, we talking 20,000 people. This 
concert that he did in D.C. was maybe like 1,500. So, like, the level of intimacy. He went crazy listening to me. That was a short show. It was like an hour show. But he ran through all of his hits. It was beautiful. Phenomenal performer. Um, and then you think about, you know, Anderson Pock, and I'm glad that he's getting his just due as a musician to a, like, Great. inspired guys ever. Um, I was a little late to the game with Anderson Pock, uh, but, like, some of his music. But, you know, L.A., maybe 2019, Grammy week, he was going to party. Um, some of my friends, they're a little bit more popping than me. They got me in. And next thing I know, um, I'm like a part of Anderson Pac's entourage. <laughs> my wife, Somebody's about to sign the after Anderson Pac, um, is Todd Dollar Sign, is me, what? my wife, maybe about Rack five it. more people. We in the section, just drinking, catching the vibe. He was super cool. Um, and after that, I just liked him even more. Just, you know, these random people in your section. I don't think people do, are going to be doing that as much, um, you know, post COVID, but, uh, but no, really good dude. But, you know, just having those experience with those two and then them coming together for this new sound, really bringing the funk and the R&B back. Uh, but just musically, just how talented they are, the musicianship, I'm really excited for the album. They really are talented. I'm a big fan. I've seen, I've not seen Bruno Mars. I was about to lie by accident. <laughs> seen Bruno Mars live. I've seen Anderson Pac and then uh, Free Nationals at least four times. Uh, they were big. Love it. Seen. I've seen them at Coachella. You've been to Coachella. Yeah. Yeah. California area. You went to Beachella. I'm actually very jealous of that. That's, That's concert of all time. No, I, I, I don't. Hands know. down. Was it there? Hands down. <laughs> you just, actually, you give us a cancel concert. Give us some of that, man, to be honest. Um, I, the closest I got was uh, Issa Rae on Insecure. Like, give me some of that. <laughs> I mean, just, you, you, you got to think about, you know, I'll start here because I don't, I never saw Michael Jackson live, but I would just assume it's like the closest experience to that. But like a part of the appeal, part of the, the aura is just like when he has so many people on stage, like insane and they hit like Beyonce with the entire band. And I mean, the death, it was like a spectacle. It was absolutely a spectacle. Um, and then you think about the, the vocals and all of that, like, it was crazy. It was absolutely on the biggest stage, Coachella stage, the biggest stage, uh, for her to do that and then rap black culture like that. You know, the HBCU vibe was, it was insane. But that's not my number one Beyonce story. My number one Beyonce story was a tour in New York, uh, Barclays Center. Shout out the Nets, you know, the vibes. And they did a thing where normally, you know, the floor, Seated the most expensive tickets this tour, the floor was general admission, and you know, you know, pay more to be in these other things. So, um, uh, my girlfriend at the time, maybe fiance, bought us tickets to that. Um, and then you had to like pay extra to be like early access. So she paid the extra to be early access. Then you had to like go stand in line. So she like was eight hours of standing in line to get us, um, you know, our number in line for the time that you actually enter the arena. So we were like number like eight. I kid you not. We could be the eighth person in the general admission section to get into the concert. Still crazy she did that. So we go in, everybody starts running. We running. We're literally front row for the Beyonce concert. You got to wait like five, six hours for to come out now. You know how that goes. Yeah. Because we got in super early. We got the early access. We sitting mm-hmm. there on the That's floor six hours. She comes out. 
starts going absolutely crazy. But I've never been as close to Beyonce in my entire life. I lied. She walked past me at a. I lied. I lied. I mean, <laughs> I Jay Z like walked past. I was like, I was like, wait, wait, how did I miss that? But I missed them, but they literally did. They had to in order to get to their section. Uh, but we front row. She's going crazy, as crazy as Beyonce would be. But it's like you're so close. You can see like when they do the big. Firework go pitch black. You can like still see the people. So I'm like seeing her and she does two towels. She got a two towel methodology. The first towel, mm-hmm. she like really wipes off the sweat, blows her nose and everything. That goes to the assistant. The second towel is like a pat, 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 tucks to a fan. So she does this like multiple times. I'm starting to see. So she does it. Dun, 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 boom, big explosion. Oh, she does it, wipes man. her face, blows her nose, gives it to the handler. The second one, she just passed. I say, She looks me dead in my eye. I kid you not. Throws it directly to me. I catch it. I catch the I catch the towel, and then I faint. I literally pass out. Like think about Michael Jackson, the little people, and the people carrying him out. I I faint. That was the thriller concert. Everybody around me is like cracking up because I'm a big dude. My wife, girlfriend at the time, looked at me and said, get your big ass up. And everybody, everybody in our section is crying, laughing. Because I just fainted. Because yeah. to be honest, I didn't really faint. But I like fake fainting. Because I'm like, who, who would have thought that I had this? So, obviously, you know this person, uh, Amber. Amber Valverde went to school with her. It's one of my really good friends. She's like a Beyonce stan. Like, I love Beyonce a lot. Oh, no all but she's like a stan. One of her birthdays, I gave her the tie. She has it up in her house now, oh, but you know, that was a oh, really good wow. gift. It broke my heart, but after seeing her at Coachella, I was like, I don't need yes. nothing on top of that. But no, that's my Beyonce story. Nice, that's a great story. Thank you for that. Wow, I didn't even know. I knew that I had known that you had seen Beyonce before Coachella. I didn't know that it was yeah. so grand to be honest. I yeah, no, that was crazy too. I've seen her like four times. I've I've never seen her with Jay. Did it? Oh no, she came out for Jay Z a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um. And shout out to my friend Alex Blake. He's a Q dog, and he was nice. actually part of the band. He was on stage. He was uh, one of the drummers. He was one of the drummers. He lives in the Anaheim area. Shout out to him. I went to camp with him. He's amazing. Uh, yes. Yeah, so back to what we were talking about, real quick. Yeah. Silk Sonic, Bruno Mars, Anderson Pac. Look out for that album. Saweetie and Quavo. That's fresh off the presses. Saweetie. Uh, yes, she is really hot on the music scene right now. Best friend with Doja Cat. Um, and she was dating one of the cheater girls. No, I'm joking. That's uh, one of the some of the famous memes out there. Uh, Quavo from the Migos, <laughs> Quavo from the Migos. right? Um, when he's when he's not doing Popeye meal deals um, or taking away. Actually, no, this was uh, this was wrong. Uh, a lot of people reported that he took away um, a car from her. He repoed a car, but that actually did not happen. And he did say in a statement that Saweetie was not the girl that he thought that she was. <laughs> Listen, I don't. He must have consulted Future, and a lot of the memes have been toxic. Everybody comes at Future, but that was such the wrong statement to say. Just own it, bro. Like mm-hmm. you know, not to say that it's not two sides to every story. I completely agree with that, but you know, to be like you're not the woman I thought you were. It's like, come on, man, because she came out and said that you all broke up publicly. Again, now you're getting all the comments under your pictures that you're cheating. You just, you know, like, just let the woman be in peace, man. Like, you know, move on. But they were definitely, like, 
one of Hollywood's hot couples. So really again, was. I don't know if there's ever like reconciliation, whatever the case may be, but they definitely had a really good vibe. You started the Glacier Boy, you icy thing last year mm-hmm. were. Um and yeah, you know, just wish the best for everybody involved. But she also went on national television, was talking crazy on uh oh, just just a little boy. boy. So yeah, so I'm just like, hey, you know, <laughs> Get the bag, get the bag. That Birkin bag. I'm like, I'm staying out of it. But yeah. Word. Words. This is a family friendly show, Charles, so I'm staying out of it too. So here we go. Um <laughs> FTD for the win. Uh my man Action Bronson, he used to be on Viceland. So if you still enjoy his show, he has brought it to the internet. He's brought it to the Webernet. And uh so he's not on Vice anymore. It was great on Vice, by the way. The big body. He's from Queens. So is Action Bronson. He's from the Queens area. Shout out. Queens, that's where I'm from. And, uh, well, I say that to Charles because I don't know if he forgot. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? But the audience definitely knows I'm from Queens. And, uh, yeah, Mr. Wonderful. I don't know if you've ever listened to his music. He's like the white version of, like, Ghostface Killer pretty much. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, he's really awesome. He has really good skill, to be honest. They beat for a little while because even though – um my man Ghostface from uh, Wu Tang. He said that he's nice. He said that he's talented. Yeah. He never gave me my full crops, my full crops, uh, my full props for stealing, for biting my style. And mm, Action Bronson, yeah, Action Bronson was like a little not humble about it. And mm. so yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, he used to be a chef. He was a chef, a professional chef. A wow. uh, yeah, a, a, went to culinary school and all that before he became a rapper. He's lost a lot of weight recently. So yeah, if anybody wants to check that out, they should. But my question to you, after um, the Cardi B and Megan Stallion performance, uh, which they've done, they've had a huge year, and there's a bit of yeah. backlash. Tucker Carlson about their song, their number one hit that they performed at the Grammys. But to be fair, even though I love them, I'm a big fan of both of them. Um, they were pretty much like the seventh option. Like you mentioned, Beyonce, Drake, Charles Gambino, mm-hmm. a lot of them did not perform, including The Weeknd, who who uh, boycotted it. We mentioned that last week because mm-hmm. his hot album, The Highlights, which should have been nominated. I don't know. He's right. He's totally right. But um, not to get into that again. But, uh, yeah, so, of course, it was going to be a dub. It, with the COVID and everything yeah. and the way that award shows have been trending, they all have been trending mm-hmm. down. I don't know any yeah. award show that has not – uh, felt ill effects because there's just a lot of content out there. You have a show out there. There's so much stuff to watch. You don't need to watch award shows, and you also don't need the validation from these award shows that don't really give credit to people that deserve it. What's your take? Yeah, so first, I'm going to give a high take. The weekend didn't need to perform either way. I, I get him boy kind of grass. At the Super Bowl, I, I don't need to see any other weekend performance. That's <laughs> the um, But, you know, A, just I think that award shows in general are doing a better job with diversity to some degree. Still not all the way there, but just in terms of the categories that people of URG, underrepresented backgrounds, women, et cetera, mm-hmm. um, are getting more consideration than they were times past, Oscars, Grammys, Emmys, et cetera. Uh, but in terms of like the grandiosity of it all, like, you know, that in-person thing matters. What people are wearing matters. And I think that this was more of, you know, um, a microcosm of people being remote and having television fatigue and virtual event fatigue that like next year we're able to be back and mm-hmm. pre-show and everybody got their dress on. Where did you get this dress from? Where are these shoes from? I think that it'll be back a little bit. 
Um, but at the same time, like people are holding these people accountable. Like if they're not going to do their part, Beyonce just came back to the bench first time in a long time. Like, cause she's not winning the awards that honestly a lot of people feel like she deserves. So, you know, the people are going to start holding them accountable and make their own awards and say, Hey, like the, the people are my award. I don't need, you know, the Grammys to validate the work that I'm doing at the Oscars, et cetera. So, um, I don't think they're done to answer your question in short. I think that, you know, when we get back outside, that, that, that level of excitement, everybody's going to be excited to go. Even if I'm, you know, I'm, I'm ascending, I'm like an E-list celebrity now. If I get to like C-list and everybody, I'm going. Yeah. I am going. If you're not, if you're not already house. B, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you really are ascending pretty fast. <laughs> um, so I think everybody will feel that way. And then, you know, but if they're not awarding the right people, they, they definitely will get washed very quickly. No, you're right. Um, to give a fun fact on that, Beyonce before Black is Beautiful had not been had not won Record of the Year, the most prized award aside from Album of the Year, which uh, Taylor Swift, of course, won again for Folklore. Um, she had not gotten it since 2010. 2010. That was the last time Beyonce got the top wow. Grammys. You're absolutely right, and wow. uh, she was like, you know, announcing a boycott. But she, you're right. Essentially, she was. And shout out to her daughter, Blue Ivy Carter. Yeah. He is the second youngest at nine years old, I believe, to win a Grammy. And uh, that was from also the video of Black is Beautiful, Black is King. Uh, Love great, it. great freaking album. I know the visual. Love to see it. Yeah. 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 She's the queen in so many areas, but she's the hands down mm-hmm. queen when it comes to visual albums. Absolutely. So, um, uh, honorable mention, Rihanna, Lady Gaga, but the, like I said, the Empress yeah. is the goddess, is her. So, let's get into some television and film. What the did I watch? Disney has a new movie out. I don't know if you checked it out with Young Charles, uh, Raya and the Last Dragon. It's on Disney Plus. It uh, it's an extra thirty bucks while we're in this COVID friendly. Thirty dollars. Whoa, whoa! I love my right. right? That's a push now. Word. Oh, Word, man. We got Netflix. We got... I get that daddy food. budget, man. We got man. a lot, man. <laughs> <laughs> keep going. I feel keep you. Going. I feel me, you. You got to sell me on adding this, adding this for $30. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm okay. going to try right now. I'll try, I'll try. I'll try right now. Let's look at the cast. Let's look at the cast right now. It's very diverse, by the way. Um, It's the first South Pacific um princess, Disney princess. Okay. So it's uh, very mythical. Um, It mm-hmm. doesn't actually... Like, the origin story of, like, the, the land is a mix of, like, mm-hmm. Laos, the Philippines, Thailand, uh, Malaysia, Indonesia. So they have that all in there, and they, like, give homage to all those kind of cultures throughout this film. Um, the actors, let's see who the actors are. I forgot who it was. Oh, Aquafina, Queens! Aquafina <laughs> is one of the main characters. Gemma Chan, she's also from uh, Crazy Rich Asians. Kelly Miri Tran, she is from Star Wars. Um, Daniel Day Kim is from the the original Mulan. Uh, Sandra Oh from uh, Killing Eve and uh, Grey's Anatomy, all that good stuff. Lucille Song, she is from Fresh Off the Boat. So it's a huge, just like Wakanda, just like all that kind of stuff. It's a, it's a huge... Yeah admiration for the Asian culture, especially for Southern, uh, South Pacific. China mm. usually gets all the love, like, with yeah. good stuff, so I know they, like, you don't represent this uh, this culture and stuff like that, but, like, it's a great way to segue into that. I know the okay. is steep. I feel you on that, but, again, they, uh, Disney is hurting from the parks. They're hurting from a lot of revenue streams, so they really wanted to get this in theaters. So I feel them on, I'm single. I have no kids. So I was just like, whatever. And I'd be writing this off anyway, so it's all good. 
So if it's saying the LLC, the Incorporated, I'd be writing, I'd be writing it off on my subscription for this show. Anyway. <laughs> so yes, Good you should, call. You, yeah, you should, you should. Oh yeah, man, definitely. You, you know all about that. And I feel you on the live events, by the way. I know that was in the other segment. You yeah. are a live host. You are a person yeah. entertainment on the floor. You're red carpet. You're on the stage. So mm-hmm. people like you, we need that, man. We need that. And yeah, we need to get back. I know, and if there's not people like you out there, there's not that much of the attraction to be there. So mm-hmm. I feel you on that completely. All right, Sean the Sheep, Farmageddon is actually Sean the Sheep the movie. We'll keep that short for the outline. Farmageddon. So these films right now that we're talking about, these next two films are uh, Academy Award nominees for this year, 2021. That'll be happening in a couple months. They pushed it back because of COVID. Uh, so Sean the Sheep, if you've seen uh, Norbert, no, not Norbert, I forgot, uh, the, a bunch of those films, a bunch of those films okay. from BBC, it's in the Claymation. And uh, so Sean the Sheep, um, he has his own little spinoff franchise, Farmageddon. Uh, they have a bunch of aliens that touch down, and the owner of the farm opens up a theme park to, like, drive people in from all the things that are happening in his yard. It's crazy. It's not that good, to be honest. It's all right. But mm-hmm. um, if, like, you know, I want to entertain you, you, you kids out there, Wolf Walkers is on Apple Plus. It's another nominee. This one has more actors you would know, or uh, we would know. Um, one of them is from the Tudors. I don't know if you've ever seen that. She played uh, Queen Catherine. But, yeah, this one is Irish. This one is based on a little town, and it's, like, in the medieval times pretty much. Hmm. And, uh, and and surrounding the town is these wolves, and she is protecting her father. Actually, I think the voice, he's uh, he's one of the characters from, um, what's it called, Game of Thrones. Okay. The whole Irish cast, everybody on there is pretty much Celtic or Scottish and stuff like that. And so uh, she tries to protect her father from the wolf people, and she ends up becoming one of the wolf walkers herself. And it's actually oh. pretty cool. It's actually really good. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Zelda, like, video games. It has, it has like, that feel. I've seen it, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, got okay. that kind of paper, yeah, that kind of paper mache look to it. Very cool, very unique. And the big movie, Mr. Zack Snyder, inheriting it. The $300 million flop that Joss Whedon and all of his uh, creepy vibes that he left behind over there. And his uh, Zack Snyder and his wife, they recouped it. Um, very sad, though. Uh, the reason why he wasn't on the film originally is because his daughter died. And they uh, they actually um, paid credit to her at the end of this movie. Four hours, by the way, they had to add an extra two hours and $70 million to fix this. Um, Ray Fisher, I'm sure, was happy because he had a better origin story in this, Mr. Cyborg. Did you see any of this? Uh, did you see any, like, 20 minutes of this? It's four hours. It's a lot. Four hours? I'm going a, I'm to a need two weeks to get through this. Like, what, like what, the, what if we were in the movie theaters? What were we supposed to do, Vince? Like, you wanted me to spend my entire Saturday? Like, you... Like you, it better be a drive-in slash lunch dinner dining <laughs> theater with breaks and what? Well, I, man, they need to make it a series. Like it's, they got to split it up. Like let's do one hour episodes. Um, well, they kind of did. It's in six theater. parts. It's actually in six parts. It's um, okay. it, it does okay. play as a movie, but um, in if you if you have HBO Max. They they put the little diamonds a little bit. Oh, okay. And I have HBO Max. I'm a white shit. I didn't start because I. When did that come out? That came out what this week? Very recently, like only like three. Oh, days. okay. I'm uh, okay. 
series. I could do a series. I, all I heard was all those hours. I said, hell no. It's like a Bollywood film, right? Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But that's that's dope. I'm, I'm excited about that. I love all of those type of movies. Uh, superhero. Like, let's talk about it. Right, and I'm starting to miss them. I was getting fatigued before. Yeah. Now that, like, you know, they're being yeah. held, they've been held back, uh, Black Widow and all mm-hmm. that good stuff. Yeah. Right now, like, the TV premieres are what, like, where it's at. But no, I feel you on that. Uh, just I I watched it. I enjoyed it. I think they. I was skeptical at first. The first two yeah. hours, I was just like, "What's the big deal?" Like they did all this, and then I I let it progress even more, and I just, yeah. they, they they got me. They sold me. It was really okay. Good. It was up there with the Marvel movies. It was up there with Aquaman. Okay. It was up there with the first Wonder Woman. I enjoyed it. All right, let's get into the best part of the show. Let's interview Charles. Boy, the way the Bee Gees played. What did I say? Let's talk about it. Here we go. This is uh, Viral News and Clichés. We are straight from the source. Straight from the source. Charles Kirkendall. He is a former college colleague of mine, Posse alum. Uh, Yeah, man, he was on the alumni committee over there at DePaul University. I was. He was on the board for Soup Dreams. I got to collaborate with him a little bit on that. I was very fun. Taco Tuesdays. Trapped. Yeah. Ask the office. Yeah. RB yeah. House Party, your your business partner, my former RA, Kareem. I love him. Yep. Edward, shout out to him again. We shouted out um him a few weeks ago. Um his Chick-fil-A franchise. I'm a, yeah. I'm a huge fan of Kareem. Uh well, yeah, like I said, RB House Party. What else you got? Oh, and the biggest one of the wall right now that is going on right now on Facebook Watch. The Shady Brunch brought to you by the Shady yes. Room and my boy Chuck right here. Talk about <laughs> it, man. Talk about What's your most exciting endeavor right now? What are you proud of? Awesome. Awesome, man. So I do a little do a little doubling dabbling. Um, I think that, you know, during COVID it allowed like my creativity to kind of shift. Like before it was just like I was really so focused on the club experience and being outside. Cause uh, listen, it's nothing like an RB house party. If you haven't been, let me tell you, you're going to have the time of your life when when, when the world opens back up. Um but yeah, so something that we we built from scratch. I did the first one in college with my fraternity, A Phi A shout out Alpha Phi Alpha. And you know, we did it as like an actual R and B house party at the Alpha House. And then to be able to do it in New York, scaled um, into like an actual club setting was super, super fire. Um, and as we built it, we built it for our age group, multicultural um, professionals who like to just have a good time on the weekend, day party vibes, and, you know, get, get ready for work again. Uh, so that was going well. Um, we kind of paused with everything happening with, with COVID, just want to make sure everybody's safe. But, you know, when people are safe, we'll get back to it. But in the interim, you know, we just my shift and trying to get interested in other things outside of that during COVID. Like I was reached out to um, through my boss, actually, for my daytime role. So I'm director of talent acquisition for a company called Play Versus, which is an esports platform. But I've been doing recruiting like for the last 10 plus years. Um, And that's where my heart, my passion is, you know, for my career. But anyway, he connected me with the founder of the Shade Room, Angie, and the production team. And they were, he was like, yo, this guy got it. Like, you know, he hasn't had an opportunity like this. But believe me, if you put him on TV, he's going to be right for it. Um, and they took a risk. They took a chance. They could have got a celebrity for something like this. Um, and, and let me be the host of this show. It's called The Shady Brunch. It airs weekly on Wednesdays, um, I believe. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say believe. I know 3 p.m. Pacific time. Um, on the Shave Room, IGTV, and it's in partnership with Facebook Watch. And so effectively, we have some top 
chefs. Um, they're black and they compete in a format uh, where they get in a shady ingredient um, and they still have to make black cultural cuisine. Um, and then we have a panel of shady judges. So that's the twofold shade. Um, always the shady judges judge the food and then we go through elimination rounds until we award a shady brunch champion. So we're halfway through the season. We're going on episode four um, of six and we're super excited about that. So please, if you haven't watched it, go ahead, tune in. All the episodes are there. Um, it's amazing. And in addition to that, you know, I recently was on Will of Fortune. That's um, right. Again, it's Pat super Sajak. helpful being in LA. Pat Sajak is my guy now. I can say that honestly. Um, it was a lot of fun. I didn't embarrass myself. I went around, walked away with 5700 Not enough to retire, but, you know, I'll take it. I got to pay uh, Money Bag Joe the taxes on that. Nah, Money Bag Joe. <laughs> it's all good. But, yeah, man, just doing what I can, just trying to stay motivated, trying to be stay creative. And that's why I really enjoy, you know, you doing this podcast thing, sticking right. with it. Like, get those creative juices flowing. Um people who, you know, are associated and doing things they're really passionate about their brands to see that and they pick up on it and uh, it could be very lucrative. So I'm just saying, like, keep going, keep doing it. I didn't know people were watching and out of nowhere, I'm on the shade room weekly right now. So uh, just stick to what you do and, you know, when the time comes, it's your time. So that's just my little motivational message to you and all your listeners. Thank you, man. Look at that, man. I got a TED talk in there, man. I'm so not worthy. So not worthy. No, I, I definitely feel it. And you definitely inspired me, bro. So that was perfect, man. That was perfect. Um, when it con- Let's talk about uh, Suit Dreams real quick. Um, yeah. What other – yeah, that was one of your – from what I could tell, one of your first pol- philanthropic endeavors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, how, how, how did that feel, giving young, young men suits to get into their interviews? That was amazing. I was founded by Jarrell Horton. Shout out Jarrell mm-hmm. for coming up with that idea. We were in finance. We wore suits. Um, and, you know, it was students who were unable to go to prom because they, they were not wanting to go to prom because they didn't have suits. They said, hey, we, we could repurpose some of this stuff. We could figure it out. Um, and by the end in which, you know, towards maybe like 2014 when we were wrapping things up there, uh, we were getting sponsors to provide suits to, to kids. They weren't getting new suits anymore. They were getting new suits. So that was amazing. But, you know, I always believe in giving back. Um, in the midst of COVID with my new brand, R&B House Party, uh, we did a concert. We had Bridget Kelly perform. We had John B perform. We had Bumble sponsor. You had some really um, good, you, you booked some really yeah, great talent. Yeah, 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 yeah. impressed yeah. with the talent you've gotten. Um, thank you. And we had like Solo Funds, which is a peer-to-peer lending app mm-hmm. uh, sponsor as well. And through that was all cool. of that. That we was were very able cool. To raise in a one-hour virtual concert, like twelve or thirteen thousand dollars, and in partnership with Solo Funds, which is again peer-to-peer lending. People will go onto their platform, say, "I need a hundred dollars, I need a hundred fifty dollars, I need twenty dollars," um, and then they just have a very small interest rate, and that just stops you from doing payday loans and stuff. So for me. I would go in there. I would see somebody need twenty dollars. I give them twenty and say, "Give me twenty one back in a month, right?" So it's helping them get out of a jam, but very low interest rate. Whereas you go to payday loan spot, you get twenty dollars. They want sixty back um, in a month, right? So through that effort, through that partnership, and they were also sponsored for um, that twelve thousand. We just gifted everybody who had requests out for loans. So we just gifted it, and they didn't have to pay it back. Um, and so it was really cool. Obviously, people were losing their jobs. A lot was happening at the top of you know COVID, but again. Often as I can, give back and help people in need and use the 
brand that I've built to be able to do that, I'm all for it. We're going to keep doing that type of stuff. Yeah, man. Uh, you, I've seen you around Bow Wow. I've seen you around Kerry. <laughs> I've seen, true. yeah, man, you are touching elbows with a lot of cool people. And soon, very soon, sooner than we Talk all think. It. They're going to be talking about you. They're going to be like, oh, man. I rubbed, <laughs> rubbed elbows. I've seen you around who, uh, just a friend. Well, Mario, I've seen yeah. you around him. Yeah. You deserve yeah, it, man. Yeah, we get a Mario the concert. Yep. One of the hottest things out right now, like you mentioned before, Play VS, is eGames, eSports. And you are, yeah, man, one of the hottest owners out there, one of the hottest mm-hmm. black owners in the game. Also, you joined up with him. I'm yeah. so I'm so happy. That, like, you always find, again, you're a recruiter by day, but when yeah. that day job is so essential. It, it yeah. gets you so much networking opportunities for you to be mm-hmm. the golden uh, live host that you are right now. And so, yeah, get into that a little bit. How does that affect the community? How did, like, you know, how is eGames taking over right now? Yeah, esports is crazy, um, and it only got crazy in the midst of COVID with people having more time to dedicate towards games and maybe the gaps of their days. Um, but, yeah, like it's no youth ecosystem. Well, there wasn't before Play Versus, and you think about all the other sports where there's an amateur funnel, NCAA, you know, you play basketball, football, high school, all that. You know, they, they played it at high school and collegiate levels before they went, you know, started NBA, NCAA not NCAA, but NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB. Um, but for esports, it started pro, just global pro mechanism without any amateur funnel. And so that was where Play Versus came in to be that solved. Uh, but more important than power and competition, it's really about building community, you know, Esports gaming, you know, you think about video games and that used to have a negative connotation, but the, the dope thing about it is no height weight requirements. It's co-ed women, men can play together. Um, and again, you get that team, that interpersonal opportunity that you otherwise wouldn't unless you like. I don't want to say you tested in or performed into a sport, uh, but you would get that if you're passionate about esports. And so we're really excited about what we're doing there. Um, that type of motivation and, and build a community, like I said, is at the crux of what I do professionally and getting people jobs, changing their lives in that end. And, you know, that again, just keeps me motivated to end the day, not feeling like, you know, like when you hate something that you do, you end the day like, oh my God, I just want to not think about it. No, I end the day motivated because I enjoy what I do and it gets me pumped up to do other things and do more and the rest of the 12 hours a day. So, um, like I say, find that passion. Uh, recruiting is kind of something that I went into the later half of my career when I started out of school. I was in the finance and I hated it. And I used to be that guy. So that's the Barclays. From a, yeah, man, I'm saying this from a perspective of somebody who was doing something they hated and was just trying to get to the 15th and the 30th to get a paycheck. Um, it's completely different now doing something that I love and it's only flex my other muscles and my juices made me a better person, made me a better dad, maybe a better husband. Um, cause you just like, when you, when you in that zone and you doing stuff that you enjoy and you love, it just resonates in all the parts of your life. So like, don't follow the money, like do what you're passionate about and the money's going to come. I'm not saying I'm the richest man ever, but I'm doing pretty well for myself. And I was only because I started doing something I really love. So Again, I'm dropping a few jams on the back end. I love it. Out. Thank you. We really appreciate it. My gosh. <laughs> Getting my money's worth over here. So one more, one more, so we don't take up the majority of your day. Um, speaking of motivational speaking and black excellence, Afrotech, um, you're a part yeah. of that as well. Um, please yeah. speak on that before we head out. Yeah, Afrotech, you know, in a community of technology, you know, black people, Latin people, URG representation as a whole is just like such a small subset of this tech sector. I wish I would have known in 2009, like to view Facebook as like a job. Obviously, Facebook started like 2000 
four. Yes. Um, and then I was just so excited to get my .edu email address so I could get my own profile. <laughs> I wish upon graduation, I was like, yo, let me go to San Francisco just work there. Because I wouldn't be working now. I can tell you how much. I can well, tell Menlo you Park action over here. Uh, um, <laughs> and I did ultimately work there. You uh, did. Just to be clear. But, you and your um, wife, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and Shereen worked there as well. But more importantly, it was really, really, really important um, to, to view technology as like a career. And now that we're behind the eight ball, a lot of companies are focused on diversity. We need to have a community amongst ourselves. And that's what Afrotech is. It's like a HBCU homecoming to tech professionals annually. Um, we had to do it virtually last year. I, I normally really play a huge part of like the curating experiences live for people, but we did one virtually with Mario performed. Um, and that was super cool, but I'm really excited to like get back to being able to be around my people. We get to do it once a year. Um, it's been in Oakland and San Francisco historically. There may be potential to like travel with it and go to other cities and do some other things. I'm just excited for the growth that exists. But more importantly, each year over year has scaled so much and not just that a positive for me being able to, you know, do bigger events, whatever. That just means that there are more black people in tech. There are more Latinx people in tech. There are more people excited about being in tech. And obviously you can be a non-tech professional and go, but that just means that you care about what it is that's happening in this space and maybe like open up new pathways for those people as well. So that's where my head is at. And, you know, um, it's a beautiful thing to see. And it's always, it's a good time. I get it, man. So, and your wife is also at Riot Games. She's also at yeah. Games. Good job. Yeah. And, uh, also, uh, yeah, I was actually there when you proposed to her, um, funny enough. That was a fun day. <laughs> that was a fun day. That was a very fun day. Again, I wasn't on the board. You, you have been a part of Suit Dreams for a yeah, long time. Yeah. I was just trying to contribute a little bit here and there. Yeah, we appreciate it. And I just so happened to be there. With, that was fun. That was really cool yeah. to see. I'm so happy. Stressed out. I was stressed out that day, man. You should have been, man. She's a great gal, man. She's a great gal, man. She, she deserves that, man. She deserves to have you sweat. That's <laughs> <laughs> a fact. Good, man. So, again, thank you so much for being on this show. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. This is a great episode. I had a lot of fun. You made me touch on topics you all normally talk about. Give me way in there and on uh, my show with Sweetie and Quavo. That was fun, man. Glad you had your ears. That's right. Shout out to the DPU. Shout out to you and all your verticals, everything that you're doing. You. Again, you have a stand right here, right in front of you. Um, again, I love everything you're doing family-wise, all that. And again, thank I you. I appreciate for, that, brother. Thank you for uh, your brand, bringing out the first family-friendly uh, episode of the Sylvan City. <laughs> I'm podcast. glad. I want to make sure everybody knows that I made sure this is family-friendly. Call me Sinbad. I'm on my Sinbad stuff for the episode this week. You can go back to the craziness next week. That's right. We jingled all the way. We did it. We did it. <laughs> so, where can we find you? And where do you not want us to find you? Where should we? Uh, no, you FBI? can always find me at <laughs> Beloved1906. Like uh, this is saying, man, my Insta story is my vibe. I just give everybody oh, a, it's a picture movie. into it's what awesome. what's going on on a day to day basis. You know, after work hours, it's a fun time. So, and beloved nineteen oh six is it's quality Sinbad content. Sometimes I get a little ratchet, but nah. you know, <laughs> I try to keep it clean. We love it a little ratchet. All good. So you can catch this show on Keep Up NYC on Instagram, Keep Up Shut Up on Facebook. We have the Facebook group. I mean, I'm oh, sorry, the Facebook. Yeah, that is a Facebook group, actually. SylvanSane.com. We have, you can catch us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, all that good stuff. Yes. Our radio, we're on all the major platforms, I, um, Apple Podcasts, pretty much anything you think of. I've seen us on Podbean, 
Uh, yeah, Carl's the one that let me know that. It was like, oh, we got to do Carl Hill. Yeah, we did an episode together. And he was just like, oh, yeah, a Podbean. I'm like, am I on Podbean? And I looked at him. Like, wow. Podbean. I'm like, <laughs> love it, love it, love it. So, yeah, catch us on all those platforms. Catch Charles anywhere. Please go watch his show on Facebook Watch and IGTV. That is the Shady Brunch. Now let's get out of here. You better shut up, listen up, and keep up with my man Charles and Sylvan Singh. Over and out, homies. <laughs>